0: We are in the, we are in the Lazarus series right now, tonight we're going to talk about looking and believing, so if you have your Bible on you, which you should, if you're a mechanic, you'd have your tools on you, correct? Yeah. Right, thank you. Um, let's um, open up to John chapter number 11, we'll be in verse 23, and we'll start there. And um, as you're getting there, we'll talk a little bit about what we've talked in the past. Our pastor's been teaching this, this series for a few weeks now, and we're, we're down to the last couple of weeks of it. You say, I thought you, my wife was telling me something, I forgot. Anyways. And so we're, we're in a place right now to where um, they're just, we're just about to see what Jesus has in store for Lazarus and his family, but we've got we've to realize that there is places and times that, that we've got to realize when we're going through certain things, God is not trying to drag us through things for just for no reason, and we, we've, talked about, we've talked about instances, we've talked about occasions, and God is bringing us through certain things, to certain things, because he's trying to, trying to build something in us, and we're, we're going a little further with that tonight. So, um, so as we do this, you know, we're going to rise above circumstances, conditions, and questions that plague our Christian walk, and we're going to move into something, something deeper that God's got set aside for us. So in doing that, we cannot look at life as an instance, but we must think about it more as an occasion. And so as we talked about, an instance is something that you just kind of ends up happening. You go to dinner, that's an instance. You, you, um, you see somebody in the street and you wave at them, that's an instance. But an occasion is something that you plan, that you build up to, that, has, that takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of preparation work for. You know, we're watching the Olympics every night right now, and I, I love Love the Olympics, and I love seeing all these things, except for the men's gymnastics. That's just kind of weird. I just assume, you know, just sorry. But so this thing, this, this thing that it only happens every four years for a reason because it takes a lot of stuff to get the Olympics. It, it, it overwhelms the whole country, and so you don't just do something like that in an instant. So it's not an instance, it's an occasion. So the same thing with your God. God doesn't want your life just to be an instance, just you're here today and gone tomorrow. He wants your life to be an occasion. He wants your life to be something to celebrate. He wants your life to be something that's big and not just affects you, but affects those around you. And so as you're, as you're going through life, keep that in mind. God doesn't have just a quick little stop for you here on the planet before you go to heaven. He's got great things he wants to, he wants to do because you know, you're not a mistake. You're not just here about you. He's got a plan for you. You know, he's got great things he wants to do through you. And the more you hang on to him, the more you tie into what he's got, the greater those plans will be and the greater things you'll, you'll see happen. And so um, let's read now in John chapter number 11. We'll start in verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Say, so, you, you ever tried to tell your kids something? And they go, I know, I know. You know, that's kind of how she was. I know Jesus is going to rise again someday. Now, here's what Jesus says. He goes, Jesus says, no, I am right now the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet, shall he, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son, of, the Son of God who's coming into the world. And then skip on down to verse 40. It says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? And I love that he says, I am the resurrection. She goes, stop looking for the promise because you're looking at the promise. You know, he goes. Well, so many times we we look for all these little these little examples and things that God, God says. I want to bless you in this, and God says, well, I'm. Bl-. And so we start looking at the blessings, and God says, "No, look at me. I am the blessing. Everything you need is right here. Don't don't look over here. Don't look over there. And I've got all these great things set aside for you. And but they're all it's, I'm all inclusive. It's all, it's all here. When, when when you get me, you get all of it. And so, verses five through seven. When you want to skip back up a little bit, it says Jesus loved Martha, and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. But oddly. When he heard that Jesus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. After the two days, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And so we realize yeah, this is kind of a funny situation. You know, and we, we, It says right there in black and white or, or red, if your Bible's got red letters in it, it says Jesus loved Mar- Martha and her brother and, and, and her sister, and, but for some reason, whenever this came around, Jesus didn't take off and go run, ro- go run to heal Lazarus before he died. And so we got sit there and go, well, this, this is, this is a, a rare thing. And, and Jesus is continually tell him, did not tell you if you believe you would see the glory of God. And so sometimes God might be trying to tell you to go to Dallas, but he might say, go through Tyler. And you're like, no, I-30 goes. To, Tyler, I-20 goes, to, I-20 goes to Dallas too. But who knows what he's got for you along the way. He may be taking you a different way for a different reason. So we've got to, we've got to get to a place where we trust him, no matter whether it looks like we know what we're doing or not. God knows what he's doing, and God sees the beginning from the end. And so he wants to have an occasion become of your life. And so if you've got to get to the place where you allow him to, to make that happen. Now, here's, here's a key point. We need to change our focus from what God is leading us through to what he's leading us to. You know, so many times when we're going through a circumstance, we want to, we, we're looking at what we're going through, and God says, No, look at what I'm leading you to. Look at the occasion I've got set aside for you. Get vision for me for what I've got set in front of you. Don't worry about what you're going through right now. It's not fun to go through things, and, and stuff happens in this life, and, and life happens, and, and sometimes we bring things on ourselves, and sometimes circumstances are just bad, but we get our eyes on the stuff around us, and we, we, we get our eyes off of where he's taking us. And, and so we've got to get to that place where the, the disciples, for example, in the boat when it was storming that night, and Jesus is asleep in the bottom, he's like, why is this guy sleeping? We're going to die. And Jesus is like, I told you where we're going. Keep your, eye, keep your eye where we're going, and keep on paddling, keep on rowing, and he'll bring you right through it. He said, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he didn't say we're going to camp out there very long. But you've got to keep walking. Sometimes we get our eyes on the, the issues and we focus on that instead of walking on through. Now, when Jesus got the message about Lazarus, he said this sickness is not fatal or will not lead to death. Remember, he's leading us to our occasions. It will become an occasion to show the glory, God's glory by, by glorifying his son. And so, like I said, we're, not, we're going to stop looking at our life as an instance and look at it as an occasion. So... Was it God's plan for Lazarus to die? No. Did, did, did Jesus say, I'm just wait till he dies so I'm going to make my, my miracle that much bigger? That was not the plan. As you know, they were threatening to kill Jesus in Judea, so it would not done a whole lot of good for Jesus and his disciples to die on the way. So he goes, how about I just raise one person instead of raise all 12 of us? But no, And that, that's just the Jeff version of it. I don't know if that's where you want to go with that. Don't think that's church doctrine or nothing. That's just kind of what I'm... So, now... The issue we face, and, and our pastor talked about this a couple weeks ago, is when it, when it comes to an occasion, we know there's planning involved. We know there's details involved. We know there's things that we've got to build up to. You've got your control freaks, and you've got your basket cases. Your control freaks, are going, okay, God, it's got to go just like this. I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, OCD people, <laughs> raise your hand. Um, everything's got to be lined up just perfect for anything else can happen. And that's why a lot of times things never happen. And then over here, you've got your basket cases, and you're just like, it's never going to happen. Jesus, I'm scared. And then you've got your mixes. You've got your emotional freaks and your control cases. But, um, so, all right, that was this on. Anyway, so no matter what you are, whether you're a mixture or both, you've got, you've, got to get to that, you've got to get to that place to where when the occasion is being planned, when it's being built, allow God to build the occasion, and you follow along what he's doing and get away from those things that are going to keep you from being distracted. Now, we've got to learn to love the process. I think about some times in, 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 in my life, and I think about how quick I wanted to, to graduate high school and get through all these things, and I look back and go, man, those were the good days. Y- y'all can relate. It's like I remember back in the day when I thought I, I thought I was ready to get out of the house and go do my thing, and then I was like the last one to leave. No, actually actually, Joel was. But um, but the, the thing about it was I look back and go all these times, God, when are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? When are you going to build this? When are you going to make this happen? And, and, and you and you, and you all the blessing that there is in learning and growing and God developing you along the way, we lose a lot of that because we're so bent on getting the, the, the task accomplished. And God's like, I'm leading you to your occasion. I've got this taken care of. I, if you'll follow me, you will be right where you've got to be when you've got to be there. But instead, we, we get so worried, we get so bent out of shape sometimes because things aren't building up the way we want them to that we, we get to that place to where it's like, all right, God, I'm just mad. And the control freaks are mad because this didn't fall in line the way it should have and the emotional basket cases are a wreck because it should have happened three weeks ago. And so, yeah, that's just the way it works. But so we got to realize, and that's just what our pastor talked about last week, on the journey, God is going to put people with you on your journey that have a, that have a similar purpose. Now, we look, we look back at last week whenever Jesus says, we're going back to, to Judea now, and Thomas said, all right, let's go die with him. And so I've got a, a little bit better appreciation for Thomas, I think, than most people do. I don't necessarily think he was saying, let us, he was trying to die. He's saying, I'm with you, Jesus, let's go, if we got to die, let's go. He was known as the doubter, but at the same time, it's like he was still going. He, he, hey, I might die in the way, but I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. And so we, we, sometimes we go through this place in our life where God, I don't know why you've got me here. I don't know what this journey's got, but I guess I might just die on the way, but I'm going with you either way. It's just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego said, they said, you know what? You might throw us in the furnace and God can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, I've, I, see, I see a promise. I see something greater. I see an occasion that God can use me for. If I die in the way, so be it. But even if, even if, but if I don't, guess what's, guess how much greater the, the life is we've got set aside for us. But, but even if God doesn't deliver me, even if God doesn't get me through this, I'm sticking with him the whole way because the promise is greater on the other side. So now tonight we're going to talk about looking rather than believing. And so this is, this is where we kind of, we kind of, we've kind of built up to so far. And this is where, and I like what the way the message says, just they said, rabbi, and this is whenever they just talking about going back to, um, raised Lazarus, because he, ha- he finally had to break it to him. He said, our friend Lazarus f- is asleep. And they said, well, if he's asleep, so we can wake him up. He goes, fine. go. He died. Be, n- be nice about it. So they're gonna, we're going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. And, so, and they said, you can't do that. And I, and, I, and I think I think about situations in my life and, and things that God's asked us to do. And God said, God said, move back to Silver Springs. I said, God, you can't do that. I like Tulsa. There's lots of stuff to do here. Church of 5,000, Church of 5. You know, um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. God, you, you, can't, you can't do that. How many times in our life when God has showed us something he goes, God, that's not possible. God, I would, but. God, this is, this is, this is where we got to go. But, 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 God, we're going to die if we go over there. Or God, they don't like us there. Or God, if, 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 I, go, if I go to work there, there's not believers there. And God's like, Yes, and so all these things, all these things that we we say, hey, God's got occasions waiting for us, but we've got to get past the, the, the situation where God, you can't, because what we're what we're saying is we're expressing our we're expressing what our, really what our faith really is in the situation. You know, our faith. If we say God, you can't, we'll say, well then, how, how how big is your God? You know, how how big are you in His eyes? And so we've got to we've got to get to that place. You know, where we get past the God, I know He can do anything, but. God, I know, I know, I know you're great and powerful, and um, the great and powerful eyes with the steam and the mirrors. I know, I know you're all that, but and God, I I, I know, you, I know you've done anything. I know you've been part of the Red Sea, and I know, I know you, Peter, walked on the water with you. But you know, get off your butt. <laughs> and so Jesus, and so is, we get to said Jesus told her, to, and this is after after they got back, and Jesus said, "Your brother will rise again." And here we go. If we don't tell him, we can't. We tell him that we, are, we already know better than he does. So he she goes, I know, he will ri- I know he'll rise again. He doesn't tell told us this, that he's going to win the end of the age. All the, all the dead in Christ are going to rise. I know that. And so instead of letting Jesus finish his sentence and say, here's how he's going to do it, he, he said, because I'm sure he's going to say, well, let's just go out here and raise him up. She's like, I know, I know he's going to raise again someday. But until that time, I've got to miss him the whole time. You know, the, the emotional basket case. And so we tell the master how much I know. And then when we think we know, we limit how much God can teach us. You know, I got convicted of this way, a way long time ago because, you know, I was fresh out of Bible school and I was all, I knew everything because I went to Bible school. And uh, we came down for Christmas one time and, and Sherry's dad asked me to speak for a few minutes at a Christmas Eve service that we're having. And so I'm sitting here going, well, there's nothing new I can talk about. It was a, ooh. And then, you know, shortly after that, God said, who are you again? What's your name? What's my name? Am i got it? So he gave me something cool to say, and it was something i never heard before. So, but we've got to get, we've got to get past the place to where we like, God, I know, but, or God I, God, I know, you told me this already, God, I know what that verse says. And say, God, if you're trying to bring me here, what, what is some fresh revelation from that thing that, that I've got to have? Or God, if, you're, if your promise says this, and I'm not seeing this promise take place in my life, what, what am I not seeing about it? Instead of saying, God, I know you said this, I'm just not seeing it take place yet. So, we you know, kind of like when you have kids do chores, give them responsibilities, and you know, someday you go someday you'll appreciate this and they're like, I know someday I'll appreciate what you, when I got to mow the grass or when I got to take out the trash or when we got, yeah, when I got to scoop the cat litter. Yeah, that's that's their favorite one. But um, I told them I I, I was I was fighting pets for years. But but anyways, but the, the thing the thing about it is you know someday the responsibility that, that, that God's giving someday the things that you're walking through right now someday you look back and go, okay God you did know what you were doing. And there's a reason I went through Tyler to get to Dallas. There's a reason I went this way instead of the way I thought. Why? Because, because you got an occasion waiting for me, and I could have got there too early. I could have got there too late. But you had everything set up just the way you wanted it to go. And so we got we got to continue to walk in that way. Now, when our knowledge about Jesus surpasses our faith in Jesus, we find ourselves telling him what to do rather than him following than following him to that miracle. You know. And so you know, so many times we go. Oh God, just heal them, or oh God, just do this, or oh God, just do, or oh God, just make, make sure this happens. Or oh God, bless them. Or, and and God's like, you know, I've got this. You know, you want, instead of claiming the promise, saying, God, I thank you that you said I'm blessed. I thank you that instead of me, now we start telling them, okay, God, I've got this figured out. I read this verse a couple years ago, and I know you said that by your stripes I'm healed. So there's nothing else I got to know about that verse. I'm healed. And and God says, Well, if you'll just listen to me, I'll give you a revelation for you right now about how you can be healed. About you, about steps you can take, about this journey you're going on. Sometimes I'm leading you a certain way so you, you can walk into something that you wouldn't have walked in otherwise. Because see, what we got to realize is we we look at we we look at the Bible a lot of times, or at least or at least I used to. Like God sat up in heaven with this empty empty thing full of pages and started writing, and then dropped it in somebody's hand and said, "Here's the Bible." No, the God we the God we the God we encounter today, the Holy Spirit, is the one who wrote this. God the Father didn't write this. Jesus didn't write this. Holy Spirit came on people and gave them inspiration and wrote this. So the very Holy Spirit that we, that we ask to fill us, the very Holy Spirit that we ask to anoint us and empower us is the very God that wrote these words right here. So who better to tell you everything about Him between the lines than, than Him Himself? We've got, we've, we've, got to get, we've got to get past the place to where God, God sits up there in heaven and goes, I'm dropping this little word over here, I'm dropping this word over here, and if you're running around like a monkey, you can catch them all. Now, the Holy Spirit is right here waiting to walk with us and teach us and show us some things, but we've got to get past this. I already know this, this, this verse, stage of our life. Now, we, can, we cannot put more focus on the promise than we do the promiser. So many times, you know, we, we as believers are really, really bad about we see somebody going through something, oh, just claim the promise, just keep standing on the promise, just keep believing, just keep believing. And what we've really, we really got to get to the place of, we've got, got to get past the place of we're going to stand on the promise, we've got to get our focus over on the promiser. You see, it's like having, having um, wanted to withdraw from a bank when you haven't put any money in there. They'll give it to you, but it's going to cost you a little more. But the, th- the thing about it is, so many times we, we get to this place where we're all about, okay, just stand on this promise, stand on this promise. But unless you know where the promise came from, unless you know the personality and the character of the one who gave the promise, you can't put much stock in the promise itself. You know, we can believe all we want that by his stripes we're healed, but if we, don't, if we don't understand what he did to, make, to purchase that healing and get a revelation of that, then the healing is probably not going to come because we don't understand the promiser, the one who gave the promise. You know, we're in election year, and so we know all about promises. And, uh, and so you've really got to get to know the candidates to know if they're going to live up to their promise. And that's all I'm going to go with that. But, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's the same example. You know, you might, eight years down the road, we're going to go, you know what, we elected so-and-so, and they didn't live up to a single one of them promises. See, but we kind of do the same thing with God. It's like, we expect it's father to be and fulfilled, and that's a great promise, and we're, we're so in love with the promise that we don't even, we don't even know the person who gave the promise. So, we, so as much as we want to say we trust God, if we don't know him, we can't trust him. If we don't know his heart in the matter, as good as everybody else says he is, if we don't get to the place where we know his heart, we know who he is, then the promise is no good because we don't know the one who gave it. A guarantee is only as, is only as good as, as the company that, that signed the warranty. I mean, it's, a, it's the same thing. We know, we know, and we know that God can't lie, and we know that God is great, but until you get in his presence and experience and encounter him personally and get to know his character and his love and who he is, then the promise can sound as great as it wants to sound, but we don't know the one who gave the promise, so we really can't say we can trust that promise because we don't know the person who gave it. As great as it sounds, once we say we want to love and trust God, we've got to get to the place where our belief is built upon the character of the promiser. Now, let's, let's go here. Now, before we go on to this next verse, a little sidetrack here. You know, the Bible, verse 39, we're going to take it. But, but there's a little verse in there, a very little verse, two words that it says, it says Jesus wept. And so many times people go, wait a minute, was Jesus that emotional basket case? No. And so it goes, oh, well, Jesus really loved Lazarus so much. Look, look how much he loved him. He's crying. No, Jesus wasn't. Why would he cry? Because he knew what was about to happen. He wasn't crying because Lazarus was dead. He goes, I'm about to bring, it, bring my, my buddy back. No, Jesus was crying because he was about to see a picture of what he was going to walk through, not too, not too far away. Jesus was seeing a picture. goes, if this works right here, if my faith right here pulls him out of the grave, I know that a few, a few weeks down the road, when, when, I, when I get crucified, when, I, when I'm getting ready to die, I, I can have full confidence that if God did it for him, God will do it for me. You know, and, and when, you, when you get revelation sometimes, you can't help but just break down and understand, like, God, that's what you really had set aside, and that for me. And so we, we've, we've got to get we've got to get the place where, like I said, Jesus was focused on the Promiser. That's how he could walk through the cross and walk through what he went through. You know, can none of us talk about our journey being bad when you look at the, the walk Jesus had to walk. And so we, we get to that place where we keep our focus on the one who made the promise. Now, verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. And here's where we get to where there's, there's more, um, we know better than God. Martha, Martha, the sister of the dead man, <laughs> funny, the dead man, it's not Lazarus anymore, it's the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. Or I like the way the King James Version says, He stinketh. It's a cool word, stinketh. Make a t-shirt out of it. Um, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you? And see, I could just see it right now. He's like, Once again, I know he's going to come alive someday. And then, so now, now it's like, Okay, Jesus finally gets through the head that I'm the resurrection, I'm walking up, the resurrection is walking up to this situation. And she goes, but God, he's going to smell. Well, would you rather have a smelly live brother or a smelly dead brother? You know, here, I mean, but I'll go with the smelly live one. That's fine. Um, Jesus said to her, did I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So many times we want to we want to remind God what we think he's forgotten about. So many times we think God has forgotten all about the fact that, well, God, I would, but you remember, you remember what happened back here when I did that last time? Or you remember, God, that... Um, i would I would go I would go door to door and, and, and pray for people, but you know I hurt my leg a couple weeks ago, and you haven't healed that yet, so you know we, we so many times tell God what he's forgotten to do so that we can get into a situation to where we can kind of cop out of the how what going on you know you can say it all you want to, but if I was standing outside a tomb and God's about to pull somebody out of it, no matter how well I knew him, that's a different situation i mean that's something that's like, am I ready to see a homeboy hop out of here with all his bandages on and so but so, so all of a sudden it's like, oh, Jesus is for real. He's going to do this right now. And you're like, oh, he's for real. And so you've got you to gotta get to that place to where, okay, God, whatever you bring me through, you know, if you want to make an occasion out of this, no matter what I feel about it on the inside, no matter how different it is to me, like our pastor has been talking about on Sunday morning, we want to see something we've never seen, so we're going to have to do some things we've never done. And so they're going to have to follow Jesus all the way to this tomb and watch what he's going to do. So that's, that's, that's kind of where they're at now. When we tell God we've forgotten about it, it shows that we're living by a past experience and not faith for the occasion he's bringing us to. And so, yeah, very simple. It's like, like I say, we get our eyes on the stuff that's happened to us, and we get our eyes on all the beatdowns we take, taken, and we get our eyes on all the discouraging things we've gone on, and everything that God wants us to walk through, and we go to this place, and it's like, well, God, you, you forget. Now, you remember two years ago when I tried that. You remember a couple of days ago when I tried to talk to that person? You remember, you remember so-and-so, and, and God's like, Yes, remember, thank you for trying, let's try it again. And so, keep on walking. Now, let's get to the meat of this. So, what does believing look like? You know, I mean, what does wind look like? I mean, you know, it's like one of those, so what? does what what believe? You live from what you, what you believe, not to prove you believe. And I think, where a lot of, I think this is where a lot of the church is stuck right now. So many times, we live because the Bible said so. We don't believe it. But the Bible says to do it. God said do it. He's God. I'm not, so I'm going to do it anyways. Rather than taking what God said, asking for a ram of revelation word on it, asking him to show them. and so that you are motivated by that belief rather than trying to live up to something that you have no clue that you can even live up to. You know, I can't heal nobody. I can't, I can't do anything great thing. But God said, if you'll just believe and you establish a belief in there that that's who I am and that's who I'm going to be through you, then it'll happen. Not because I'm so great, but because I formed a belief that is motivating me, not because I'm trying to live up to something that I know I can't do anyways. And so many times we get, we get frustrated as believers because we don't think, see things happen. Well, God, I did this and it didn't work. Did you believe that it was going to work? No, probably not. Otherwise it would have happened. But instead we we got to have that <coughs> we have the mindset that we're supposed to test our beliefs. When in actuality, it's our beliefs that are supposed to test us. I'll read that again. We have the mindset that we're supposed to test our beliefs. In other words, we have, we have the mindset that we're, supposed to, that we're supposed to sit there and do all these things and, and, and make sure God knows what he's doing and make sure God can make this work. No, when actually we're supposed to do we're supposed to establish a belief on the inside of us. And a belief is simply your faith. A belief is, is simply a conviction based on what you've heard. You know, you use the example all the time. When you got born again, a preacher or somebody convinced you, and you, got, you believe the fact that you were a sinner that needed a Savior. So what did you do? You believed on him, and you were saved. Very, very simple. Same thing with the rest of your life. You, believe, you, you, you get a conviction on the inside of you that you're not supposed to walk around depressed. So what do you do? You begin to form belief on the inside of you, and you build that, and you walk out of depression, not because the Bible says you could. You walk about it because God put it on the inside of you. You began to accept that. You began to meditate on it. God gave you revelation of what life would look like without it, and you walk into a life of joy instead of depression. It's just, it's just it's so it's so simple see instead of what we try to do is try to go okay god you said i can do this and i'm gonna step off a cliff and you said you would put your angels over me i broke my nose you know the the, the, the problem the problem we gotta realize is we we want to test god we want to test god we want to test what he says and god says no believe it walk by it and the test is already passed see the 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 miracle, the light was already there in God's heart before He spoke, "Let there be light." And, like the Bible said, Jesus already crucified before the foundation of the earth. Jesus already crucified for our sins before man ever sinned. See, God, that's what a belief is. God, God's like, I, I got this love in my heart. I've got this. This already, I can already see it in my heart. I, I can already see what I've said. I can already see what's coming to pass. So when I speak it, it already happens. Not because I'm trying to test what God said, but because I see it. I see God. God reveal it to my spirit. And I can, I know I can speak it out of the belief, not speak it trying to attain something that I don't have. And so that's where we get get the whole whole name it, claim it thing and people are all mad about the faith movement when really it's not the faith movement that's bad, it's the fact that we're trying to to test God in it. we're not trying to build a belief that we we allow ourselves to live by. And on that anyways, on the soapbox thing, if you can't get enough belief in you to, to walk in love towards somebody, don't expect to heal somebody. You know what I'm saying? There's, 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 a, there's, a, whole, there's a whole situation where, where belief is, we allow, we allow our faith, when we allow us to walk by faith, we allow beliefs to be formed in our life based upon the Word of God that change the way we walk and the way we live. That's living by faith. You are directed by the convictions in your heart that God's placed there through revelation from the Word. So, if you can't, if you can't get step one right, don't expect to be down at step 40 and, and just speak down and, and see that happen. So, now, tithing is a, is a good example. Many people try to prove their belief by tithing rather than instead of tithing be tithing because they believe. You know, I tithe and I still don't have enough money. Well, are you tithing because this is what the Bible says? Or are you tithing because God's giving you a revelation of what will happen according to his word when you do? So, belief will inspire action 100% of the time. If you truly believe it, you'll do it. Plain and simple. If you didn't think your car would start, you wouldn't go out there and turn the key. I know because I just got my mind back after two weeks. Thank you, Jesus. But, um... And it starts. I, I believed it would when I got there, and it did. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now, when we do things because of our belief, then we'll surely prove out and live our faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 5, if you want to turn there, I've got, I've got it in here also. And this is where Paul was kind of, uh, okay, it's Hebrews, the author, was, was coming down on some people because, of, because they were um, slow to understand some things. So Hebrews five 11, we'll go through verse 6, verse 2. It says, we have much to say about this. He's talking about their faith and their belief. But it's hard to make clear to you because you no longer try to understand. And that's just what we're talking about. We don't try to obtain. We don't try to build a belief on the inside of us. We don't try to ob- obtain these things. We try to just do it because the Bible said so. And when God doesn't come through and we're just doing it out of habit or tradition because that's what we've always done. That's how it al- it's always worked. We wonder why it doesn't, doesn't come, come across to us. We wonder why it doesn't happen. We didn't believe it. We weren't doing it because we believed we are doing it because somebody bigger than us made us do it. It's basically what it comes down to. And so they're saying, because you no longer try to understand. In fact... Though by this time, this is where he starts getting into them, you ought to be teachers, and you actually translate that into professors or uh, like, a, like a rabbi. You need, to teach someone, you need to, someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by, oh, constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. See, the way, the way you form belief in your life, is that you begin, you begin to meditate on it. You, begin to, you see a promise in the Word, and you begin to read it. Not just one time. You read it. You take it in. You take it in. And all of a sudden, God will give you some light on that, and you begin to say, oh, that's how that works. You begin, and you begin to change the way you live and change the way you function, change the way you act, change, change the way you, you eat or drink, whatever, whatever God convicts you through the Word. You begin, to, you begin to allow that to change how you act. And then all of a sudden, that belief begins to change your life. Not, be, not because you're just doing something to try it out, but because you're doing it because you've allowed that conviction in your life to change who you are and change you from um, being the old person. That's what the Bible talks about re- renewed in your mind. Changing from the old person you were to the new person God wants you to become. But it takes constant use. How many, how many of you know you've ever seen somebody that, that has obtained a healing from like that and they fall back into the same thing they had before? Why? Because sometimes they, they back off on the, on the belief that, they, that got them out of the situation, and you fall back in the situation because you haven't kept that belief strong in your life. Now, verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from actually to death, and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites or baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal eternal judgment. So those things right there, those six things, we thought, those are some deep things. No, those are the elementary things, God said. we're sitting there going, that's some powerful stuff. That's elementary stuff, according to what what the Bible says. You know, faith, that's elementary. God says, you know, repentance repentance from dead acts, or the instruction about baptisms. You know, until just a few years ago, I didn't know there was more than one baptism. And I thought that was it over there. You know, but we've got to realize... Elementary, you know, you can look it up, and the, there's seven different baptisms in the, mentioned in the New Testament alone. We've got to get past the place to where these these things that God considers elementary are elementary to us because we're going to use that as a foundation to build upon and keep going. But you've got to establish them and begin to let them allow them to change your life and begin to walk through with them before you can see them have an effect that, that um, you want them to have. And so we've got to get past the elementary, the elementary stages and allow those things to, like says, through constant use, continue to be a belief in our life. Now. Spiritual work will will lead to physical actions. Many people try to do physical things they think will make them look spiritual (laughs) and wonder why they never see results. I'm not going to go there. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. We're just going to leave that alone. Now, if I just do this and that, then I'll get a spiritual result. And so we want to, we think, you know, in our minds, there's got to be some formula that works. If I just do this, then do this, then do this, then surely I'll be in a good place with God, and surely I can get to this place where I see these things happen. And it's not, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's simply a matter of, okay, I've heard it. I'm accepting it as truth. I'm going to build on that truth. I'm going to find other scripture and other things to support that and strengthen that belief in my life. And when I believe it strongly enough, it'll become a, it'll become a, revel, a revelatory ram of word in my heart that it will come out of my mouth and I will see things happen. We don't, we don't just go, we don't just say it, say it and say it and say it and say it, trying to talk ourselves into it. And now, now there, there is confessing scripture, memorizing scripture, but I'm, I'm saying so many times we just want to speak some kind of magic formula like a recipe to make a cake or something like that. And, um, wonder, and then all of a sudden, 60 minutes later, out of the oven, we got this beautiful cake. Now, it's, it's really just a matter of we've got to establish this belief in our life. Now, Mark, if you, you look in Mark chapter number 11, it goes, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and you believe in your heart and you don't doubt it'll be done for you so what was he saying he's saying that okay you've 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 already got a belief established in your heart you've already got this set down in there and you already know you already see it happening because it's so real to you you already see it working that when you speak it there's no, it's not a question of if it's going to happen you just expect it to happen it's not it's not it's not a matter of us trying to obtain obtain or do something and find the right right steps or the the right little magic phrase to say to make it happen no it's a matter of establishing that belief and knowing that it's going to happen when you speak now James 2:18 says but some will say you have faith and i have works show me your faith apart from my works and i'll show you my faith by my works it's like i mentioned it's, it's like i mentioned a little bit ago you can't see wind but you can you can see sure that you see the mess that it makes you know, you, you, can't see, you can't see a tornado until it hits the ground and starts sucking dirt up into it and becomes this dark, nasty thing. You know, but same thing, same thing with your faith. You can't see faith. You can't see a belief, but you can sure see what it accomplishes whenever you get, it, whenever you get locked onto it. And so it's, it's, it's the same thing. Same, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you know he's here whenever, whenever, you, whenever you see him um, touch you and change your life. Whenever you see him step in and, and do something miraculous in your life, you, you know he's there even though you, you couldn't see him. Now. Let's talk about the work of God. Here, and this is, this is where it's work, where the rubber meets the road. The work of God. Jesus, Jesus answered them. He said, The work of God is that you believe in the one whom He whom sent. And so, I, I don't, it's no coincidence that He said it's work to believe. Because how many, of, how many of you have ever read over one scripture and go, That is amazing. I love that scripture. I, I'm going to camp out there. And then um, two weeks later, you haven't looked at it again. You wonder why it hadn't taken place in your life. No, there's work in believing. There's work in taking the old stuff out, putting the new stuff in, and constantly letting letting your, letting yourself be immersed in the good, and, and pulled out of the bad. And so th- there, there's work in that. And there's, 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 Jesus said himself, the work of God is to believe in the one who sent. The work the work of of God is to believe in His Son so much that you follow Him through, and you see, and you begin doing what He does because you believe in Him that deeply. You know the the, the disciples. Peter Peter believed in Jesus so much he just said, "Say it to you, and I'm, I'm coming." Jesus didn't have a choice but to say, "Come on," because He can't lie. No, it's not me. Hang on. I don't think you're ready yet. No, Jesus had no choice. Okay, come. He jumps out and goes. But Peter sank. No, he stepped out. Did Jesus let him sink? No. The problem is, Peter had such a firm belief in who his Savior was that when Jesus said the word, he knew it was him. He was going out to him. It didn't matter, didn't matter what the circumstance was around him. And so he did something nobody, nobody else to this. I'm sure people walked on water since, you know, frozen or not. But, but, um, but uh, I don't know of it. But, but anyways but that's the only time you ever saw anybody step out and do anything with that in the Word. Now, you've got to keep believing. So, look, belief must be fed. When the Hebrews 11, verse 12, we read just a minute ago, it says, you need milk, not solid food. In other words, God's saying, you've got to continue to feed these beliefs. You've got to continue to, to pour into these beliefs so that as you, as you establish belief in your life, don't let that belief get skinny, withered up, and die. You keep pouring into the belief. You keep feeding it the Word. You keep allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you through meditation about what this belief really means. And watch, and watch him begin to pull, pull that belief and strengthen that belief in your life, and you begin to see it um, take place. Now, like I said, number one belief's got to be in the promiser. You know, you, and, and you've got to watch the terminology. Sometimes a lot of people say, yeah, I believe in healing. No, I believe for healing, not in healing. I believe in God. I believe in the, in the faith that he's given me. I believe in the, the power that he's got. I can believe for healing, but I don't believe in healing. Healing is he, the benefit of believing in the one who provides healing. And so it goes back to what I said before. You've got to have more faith in the promiser than the promise. Now, keep believing that he is, he is the God of your occasion. He's the maker, the placer, and the taker. He made your occasion. God has set, God has set that victorious, that occasion up. He he's, he's wants your life to be an occasion. He wants your life to be something powerful, and he's set that up for you, and you've got to believe that he made that for you. You've got to believe that he's got somewhere he's taking you to, whether, whether you, you, whether you want to um, really like, like the route that it's going through or not. Now, he made your occasion... But he's not necessarily the one who caused the circumstance. You know, so many, so many times we think, well, God, if you really wanted me to get there, you wouldn't let this thing happen to me. No. Circumstances come. Conditions are there. Bad things happen. We're in a fallen, nasty, dying world that's not getting any better. And so, you know, you don't get stronger unless you have some resistance. Now, God didn't put resistance there. Resistance is already there. God says, but if you'll, if you'll put your belief on me and you'll begin to focus on me, when it comes to the resistance, when the resistance comes, I'll pull you through it, and you'll be stronger on the other side. But you've got, but you've got, you've got to continue to follow him to your occasion. He's the placer; he's placed you on the path for your occasion. And so, whether he's told you what your occasion is, or you're still following, him, just want, wanting to get there, either way, and he, whatever path he's got you on, keep walking that path. Don't, don't give up and say, you know what? Nothing big's happened. Nothing cool's happened. I'm not happy with what's going on, and and you jump off the path because then you do gotta take a detour and then you gotta fight resistance to get back to the path that you are on originally and then get back where you were going so just keep trusting him and he's a taker believe in him not your occasion and he will take you there y'all stand with me tonight as the worship team comes closes I know that a lot of times belief and, and faith is something that we seem so hard. Seems so hard to get a hold of. It seems so hard. It seems so hard to get right sometimes. It's like, well, God, I I know you said this and I know you said that, and then God said, "Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I said that." But what we've, what we've got to get to is, God, I just want to know you. Because when I know you, and when I know your heart, and it's not a matter of I've got to talk God into blessing me. It's that I know you so well. There's no doubt that you want to bless me. I know your character. I know your personality. I know your love. I've experienced, I've experienced that. So when it comes to a promise, a benefit that you have set aside for me, I don't have to worry about whether or not that's going to take place because I know the guy who said it. That's my daddy. My daddy would never lie to me. The Bible says everything is held together by the word of his power. This whole, whole thing. If, one, if, if God ever lied, if one thing God ever said was not true, all creation would fall apart. Why? Why? Because creation was built on his words. Creation was built, when he said, let there be light, light began to take place. And so, that, that faith that he had, and that thing that he saw before he spoke it, was, was birthed out of the truth, but what he believed in his heart. So we, when you get to the place that, if God ever said anything, if God ever did one thing that was untrue, or one thing that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't in line with the truth, then all creation crumbles because it's built upon the truth that God cannot lie. It's built upon the truth, on the fact that, that what God said has never failed, that God, what God said has never, has never fallen by the wayside. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I know there's people in here, some of you because I've talked to you, some of you be, just because I know the Holy Spirit's guiding me this way, that are wondering when what God told you, what God showed you, was ever going to come to pass. But you've got to know this. God has an occasion. If God spoke it, it's got to happen. The, th- the, th- the, thing-, the thing about it is, how quick it happens depends upon how, how, how you stay on that, on that path he's got you on. You see, sometimes we let resistance slow us down. Sometimes we camp out in a bad place. Sometimes, But we've got to realize that if God spoke it, it can't fail where the where the breakdown takes place is we we don't we let our belief in what he said fail so if God said it and you can believe it, then you can have it if god if god, if God showed you your destiny, if God showed you something something amazing he got set aside for you to do. And you know it was him, and there's no doubt. In that, Then you hold on to it with everything you've got. But don't just sit there and wait for it to happen. Continue to strengthen that belief. Continue to pour pour faith into that belief. Continue to speak the word over that belief. Continue to speak speak what God has told you and showed you over that, and watch it come to pass. See, so many times we, we think that, that it's up to God to make it happen. No, it's up to you to ho- grab a hold of the promise and 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 have faith in the Promiser. That, that between the two between the two things, you let them you let them pull you to that place of that occasion taking of, of that occasion happening. So tonight, they're going to play for just a few minutes. The altars will be open. And I just, want, I just want those of you that need to just come spend time here at the altar and bring some of these things that, that have happened in, that, that you've seen in your past or some promises that you've seen in the Word. If you need to bring your Bible up here with you to the altar and open it up to where that promise is and bring it up before God and, and begin to reestablish that belief on the inside of you, do that. But take some time. And allow these beliefs that, that, that God is trying to build in your life, allow them to begin to, to build, allow them to begin to form, allow them to begin to strengthen, strengthen so much that, that they change the they change who you are. See, changes, especially big changes, don't happen overnight. But they can happen quickly, depending on how much, how much you invest in them, how much you invest in what He's told you, how much you invest in, in spending time in the Word, how much you invest in what the Holy Spirit has, has spoken to you and given you, and given you revelation about. They will happen, but you can't just go back and look at them every so often, and not pour pour belief back into those things, and pour 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 the power of God back into those things, and begin to absorb those things, and begin to let your heart be wrapped around them again, and begin to establish those beliefs to where you see yourself doing those things, and you begin to see it actually happen in the in the, in the physical world we live in right now. So I'm gonna close in prayer in just uh, in, in just a few minutes here, and then we'll. Well, I'm um, spending some time at the altar, but um, allow God to speak to you. Allow God to, to bring some things back up in your spirit that maybe you let go, that he was bringing you to, and you've kind of you've turned them by the wayside. But, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've got amazing things set aside for us to walk in. I thank you, Lord God, that you are making us occasions. You are making us these events, Father God, these, these, these things. Not just not just, not just coincidences or circumstances, Lord God. You are making us occasions, Father God, for your glory. You're making us those those people, Lord God, that when something, when something, when you do something through us, it doesn't just affect us, it affects all those around us, it affects all those in our realm of influence, Lord God, because an occasion affects more than just me. So, Lord God, for those 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 here tonight, Father God, that are that are holding on to a promise, Lord God, for those here tonight that are holding on to a belief you established on the inside, Lord God, I pray that you would just supernaturally strengthen. With your grace, Father God, that, that belief that you put on the inside of them, Lord God, supernaturally strengthen that, 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 that word that you've spoken to them, Lord God. Bring it back to remembrance, Lord God. Make it, make it burn on the inside of them once again to where they want to hold on to with everything they have. And Lord God, we, we, we promise to be good stewards of those words that you've spoken to us. So, church, the altars are open for just a few moments. If you want to come forward, and if you need a prayer of agreement for anything, you can. Uh, my wife and I will be in the front row to pray with you. But I just really feel like tonight the altars are open for you to come and just bring these things back before God.